All right. Hello. All right. Come on down. You've won. The price is right. Are you going to roll for the... I watched a documentary on Price is Right recently. <gasps> I was going to watch that. <laughs> I did so. Was it good? It's so weird. It is so weird. It's a math teacher who, like, made a gigantic spreadsheet of all of the items that they have on Price is Right and all of the prices, and he basically memorized it. <gasps> that's smart. And that's how... I mean, is it? It's crazy. He went to, like, a million shootings of it. He was only on it once, and he won, like, a recliner. I don't... Oh, I don't, really? I well, don't you have to obsession. dress in something fun and noticeable? He did dress in something you? fun and For- noticeable. Impressive yeah. math teacher. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a math teacher. He's a math person who comes oh. up with, like, test questions. Like, math oh. test questions. Yeah. So, anyway... Hmm. We're listening to Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. This is a podcast where we talk about the practical uses of math and Excel spreadsheets. Um, My life. And this was a particularly sad use of one. I don't know. It was weird. And also you saw... Oh, and I'm Katie Wiggins. I'm Morgan Driscoll, by the way. And we tell each other true scary stories. And also, we're going to keep talking about this for a second. Oh, yes, we are. So they kept... So it's him in the modern era... (laughs) <laughs> like now? I say that like we're talking like Pleistocene, <laughs> Mesozoic. So he's in the modern era, also known as like 2018. Mm. I know that that's not the current year. I just meant modern. And, um, but they keep flashing back to him in the 70s. Mm. And he was so much better looking oh, in the past. And it's just so sad to see that just like human rotting. How old is he now? Around roundabout. He's probably in his fifties or mm. like just turned sixty. Mm. I would guess. That's disappointing. I love seeing people age gracefully. He did not. That's so upsetting for him. But honestly, like I don't know. He had his moment. Hey. I think he <laughs> he, he used that Excel spreadsheet. It's forever memorialized. <laughs> he got to kiss the woman who's the host on it. <gasps> uh, on screen. That was like a thing because his thing was that he wore a t-shirt that said, I'm only here to kiss whatever her name is. And then she was like, oh, really? And then she fucking kissed him. And then the host, like, grabbed him by the arm and was like, ha, 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 that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. He lived his dream. He really did. And it was really weird. And I don't know why we watched it. <laughs> it's just like a peek into, why like, Why was a, that like made a, into a, a documentary? Who thought life. everybody needs to know? This story. This story? It's like a niche, interesting lifestyle. It's like that cat show documentary about showing cats. Ah, yes. It's like, you just are like, oh, I didn't know people like this existed. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a show like that where you're like, huh. So that's somebody's, like, whole thing. (laughs) I would have never guessed (laughs) that that would be enough 
to be somebody's whole thing grooming a cat. Can, but that's really good. For can them. you imagine just being on Netflix, watching that show, and being like, "That's Tom and HR." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it literally would be though. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, "Oh my god, she was my substitute teacher. <laughs> she shows cats." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she's fantastic at it. Yeah. Although, I mean, like, the way pursuing comedy in New York is probably something that people are like, you do what? Like, you gather in a hot, dark basement of a bar and make up funny stories and hope that people (laughs) laugh at you? Like, that's not, like, most people's normal thing. But at least when you say, yeah, I'm doing this. People say, that's so great for you. You're pursuing your passions and your dreams. Or they're like, oh, I've heard of that. (laughs) I've been to an improv show. Let me tell you. I've heard about, I know that improv is a concept and a thing. (laughs) And I know about it. Like, I know what acting is. But I feel like if you tell people that, they'll be like, I know that. Good for you. But if you say, I show cats, people are more likely to say, where? Hmm. In what context? Hmm. What do you mean? <laughs> Why? To whom? <laughs> what do you get from this? Uh-huh. Did the cat request it? I don't... People are gonna be less... Excited. I honestly still think about that Persian cat. <laughs> I still do think about this one Persian cat that was on this documentary. And the judge said, I have goosebumps when he was like lifting her up and stuff. Because what can you do to examine a cat? You just like, boop, like lift it up. Oh my God. <laughs> look at its little butthole. <laughs> and just like look at its tiny little teeth and be like, it sure is a cat. And um, and I, I literally still think about that cat. Oh so. my God. There was something about that one. I want my um, cat to be shown. They pick her up. She'd try and sniff your breath and then bite you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so weird. She loves to smell people's breath. Oh, that's so weird. I read that it's because they want to know, like, to smell if you're healthy. I think because, mm. like, sick people breath has a smell. I think she just wants to know what's going on. I don't think she cares. I think she's just curious. What, so what is she going to do? <laughs> Hank? Um, I should tell a ghost story. That's what we're here for. Spook me. Okay. I will. Speaking of spook, did you see the second trailer for it? No. They came out with the second one. So much horror stuff has come out lately. It's been hard for me to. It's so good. It's so good. I recommend Uh, it to everyone. It freaks me out because I don't like when body parts. Get all this one. I don't like gore, and these kids. This one had no gore. Yeah, but the movie will. Oh, the movie will. Stephen King apparently (laughs) recently saw it, and he said it was terrifying and amazing. Notice he didn't comment on Pet Cemetery, so I have high hopes for it. (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) I've got opinions. (laughs) Oh God. But anywho. Okay, spoke me. Okay. All right. So I went to an old favorite, um, an old standby. Not necessarily old on this podcast, but old in my lifetime and in mm. my timeline mm. um, in terms of paranormal entertainment. I chose Great British Ghosts. Ooh. 
Yes, it's a very comforting, adorable show. Um, it's it's this. It's hosted by a woman named Michaela Strachan, 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 I think, and she's like a travel Brit, as I described before. She's like a tan Brit with like blondish, highlighted hair, who's like really fit and. As I mentioned in the last time I described her, she would be seen walking through, like, Bangladesh, being like, the colors and Mm. the smells are absolutely amazing. I wish I could show you. It's so fantastic. So here with my friend Jamal is going to tell us how you get such an incredible texture on this weaved fabric. Like, she's that sort of Brit. Love it. And somehow she got roped into a ghost show, hosting a ghost show. And Great British Ghosts is the result. Um, So she goes to two locations, and they're both in Lancaster. Hmm. Lancaster. Lancaster. Yes? Not Lancastershire. No, no. No, Lancaster. It's fine. I was just making sure that I wasn't lopping off a sure at the end of it. But I'm pretty sure it's just Lancaster. Um, We're going to the Sun Inn. And we're going to Salmsbury, Salmsbury Hall. And that sounds like a polka band. (laughs) (laughs) So the thing that connects these two places, despite their glamorous locale Mm. in Lancaster, is that they are haunted by women with broken hearts. And we are going to find out who these women are. And what business they have with a broken heart. Mm-hmm. All right. First, we're going to go to the Sun Inn, known as the most haunted pub in Lancaster. And that is thanks to... Oh, God. I do this voice and it sounds like I'm like I'm like doing like a puppet show in 1292. <laughs> oh, it does. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get this like sing-song cadence that's so ridiculous anytime <laughs> I talk in a British accent. And it's like, and then the king came over here. No, save me! <laughs> oh, and then like a little fake like sword fight. <sighs> I can't help it. Um, this is thanks to a Miss. The haunting is thanks to a Miss Lizzie Dean, a scullery maid in 1830s. So, local psychic investigator Michelle Stavert think it's Stavert, agrees to tell Michaela the story. Mm. So this is the story she tells. So Lizzie Dean had fallen in love with a man of consequence and wealth, and he had promised that he would cancel his upcoming nuptials and marry her. It turned out that he was a lying shit. As it always does. I know, and this happens so often, Uh. and it's so sad. So sad. Uh. For everyone involved, except for the man. And on the day that she was supposed to marry him, he was across the street marrying (gasps) her best friend. I want to take this moment to talk about scullery maids. Now, just to give you a little more of a picture about the bleakness of this woman's life, and also because I have an understanding, a gentle understanding of history, and I'd like to show it off. Mm. So, I once watched this show uh, years ago that was, uh, they got a bunch of people to pretend to live 
like um like Downton Abbey basically like like a a family would live as wealthy manor home owners and then a bunch of weird volunteer I don't know who the fuck would volunteer to do this were going to be the kitchen staff like the downstairs staff mm-hmm. like the servants the footmen the valets the butler the the cook the scullery maid and and the family like totally let it go to their heads and it was so fucking obnoxious and the <laughs> the downstairs staff kept trying to basically like revolutionize workers rights but it was like no 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 you can't do that yet um so that it like didn't super work out but the most <clears throat> the position that they had to replace like twice like the people that had volunteered to do it could not do it was the scullery maid Ooh. she basically i think like washes all the pots and pans and just like whatever needs to be washed so she's just like constantly doing backbreaking labor Ugh. and she had like the fewest time off like she would go to bed super late at night and have to be up super early in the morning like she and like they literally ran through like two scullery maids before oh they finally God. found one that was actually going to stay so this was not in a manor home but this woman probably still had like a really tough time of it so i just Ugh. wanted to put that out there but it was an interesting show. I have no idea what it was called. They did that on Bob's Burgers, I think, once. <laughs> they did. They did. They also, in The Simpsons, they did a show where they were like, live like it's the 1800s. But it was losing ratings because they were all like adjusting to their roles really well. And <laughs> Lisa was just like, I'm so tired from making all those meals that... I'm just excited for whatever husband Papa chooses for me. Like, <laughs> and then they were like, "We got to rev this up." So they, um, they got Henry Winkler in there as the Fonz. Like, they like deposited the Fonz to try to instigate some drama. I love The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. So back to our scullery maid. She just watched the love of her life. Or probably just a man with money who was giving her the opportunity to not be a scullery maid. Marry her best friend. Racked with grief, she went up to her quarters in the attic where she could watch from the window the wedding procession. She wrote a note that would later be found clutched in her hand as they cut her down from the noose she hung herself with there on that very spot. In the note... She cursed her lover's unborn children. Good. And she requested that she be buried on the church path or near the gate so that any time the couple would go to church, they would be forcibly reminded of the blood on their hands. Whoa. She was really bitter. (laughs) Sounds like it. But honestly, I would say, like, oh, well, you're just so spiteful. Just move on. But, like, in the 1830s, like, workers and women won't have rights for Mm-mm. so long Mm-mm. that it's almost like, well, what could she have done? Oh, yeah. And what's the there- lifespan for? Oh, my God. Like, 
Le- less than such a 50, hard probably. Yeah, she'd just work herself to death anyway. I mean, I'm not saying life isn't worth living if you're a scullery maid. To no. all the scullery maids listening. Yeah. But, um. Big portion of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> we have a high uh, scullery, um. Pop. Contingent. But, like. That's a big portion of your life that just sucks you just work and work and work and this is probably like her one chance to not do that oh yeah i don't know dude i guess i would try to like seduce some other wealthy man and who was like maybe a widower i don't know i don't know what my plan would be i'd probably poison him huh but how would you benefit financially from such a poisoning and also i don't need to benefit financially I need revenge, Katie. <laughs> okay, well, there it is. So, they meet up with uh, Rob Hedges. He's the landlord. He's a very handsome man. Mm. Um, she meets up with him, and he takes her to the main bar area. <laughs> and he's got, like... He's very handsome and he's very well put together, but he does not have a posh British accent. So he's like a working class type of guy, but he's like really good looking. And I can tell that he was like even more good looking, but (laughs) that's like totally besides the point. Or is it? I think it's a, I, this added a lot to my enjoyment of this was just like looking (laughs) at Rob and being like, watch out T Rob, is there a Mrs. Hedges? (laughs) So, Mrs. um, Rob. So, this is what he says. So, I was sat here on my own after we had locked up. No one here. Just relaxing, you know. And from here, you can see, you can just see the staircase over there. And as I was sat here, I saw a woman, an old-fashioned dress, walk up the stairs. And it was her footwear that really caught my attention, caught my eye. She was wearing clogs. And the style of clogs that they'd wear in the mills around here back in the day and Michaela's like have other people seen her he's like oh yeah there's lo- loads of stories with people will pass her without knowing and ask who was that girl was and of course there was no such girl and who do you think she could be well I think she might be Lizzie Dean <gasps> so then they cut to Michelle the woman who's telling the story just straight to the camera um And she says, a chap from Edinburgh was visiting the pub. And as he came in, he held the door for a young girl in period costume. And when he came in, he asked where the fancy dress pageant was today. Now, for non-Brits, that means, like, costume party. (laughs) Brits say fancy dress instead of costume party. And I think it's adorable. But it shan't pass here. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, it's it's wrong, and, and we don't accept that sort of nonsense. Mm. Um, he asked, so, so where's the fancy dress pageant? And he was shocked to find that there was no fancy dress pageant that day at all. <laughs> Did she say none? Well, there's no fancy dress pageant at all, chap from Edinburgh. What? So, cut back to Rob. So, he's behind the bar. And he's talking about these glasses, where the glasses, like the bar glasses, Mm -hmm. like cups, but tall. Um, 
they're above the where you pull down the thing for beer. <laughs> <laughs> the pint glasses are above yes, where yes, the yes. draft is. Yes. The taps. You know. <laughs> she knows. It was a test. I don't drink. Can you tell? So <laughs> So the where the pint glasses are kept, mm-hmm. it's like a shelf that's like over it's like a few inches past um the the bar counter below like the the bar counter mm-hmm. is here and then above it but inward towards the bar a few inches like hanging is, out yeah okay, yeah okay so there's like a lip that hangs so if a glass were to fall it would fall on the ground oh, behind the bar smart. not on the bar. That's Smart. what I'm getting at. Smart. Problem is, that's exactly what happened. Once, a glass just um fell down, swung around, like swung, instead of going straight down, swung under the overhanging what? shelves and bounced a couple <gasps> times on the bar and then flung itself into the bin, also known as the garbage and shattered that sounds like you know how some people do like a cheers where they do a down up down up salute and they like it sounds like one of those things where it like falls bounce 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 throw it away <laughs> yeah i love that it's like it cleans up after yeah itself. no mess <laughs> no fuss it's a british haunting it's cleaned up <laughs> Contained. I'm not gonna leave a little mess for somebody. It's not his fault he's alive, is it? Oh my god, if that were the maid, she <laughs> would feel like she would have to clean it up, so that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pissed but clean. <gasps> Man. <Me>. Uh, <laughs> I'm remembering a Simpsons episode where somebody like Oh, I remember what it was. It was a Halloween. This is gonna be a heavily Simpsons reference episode. We didn't know it was gonna happen, it's just what happened, okay? So in one of the Treehouse of Horrors, where it was making, where it was a send up of Nightmare on Elm Street, mm. where Willie was haunting all the kids' dreams, mm. he, because he was angry about how he died, he died because he had been locked in like the boiler room during like a parent teacher conference. And in the parent teacher conference, Skinner was like, um, motion to update our uh, thermostats and this is a free service and everyone went nay (laughs) (laughs) and um, (laughs) or something like that to do with like heat something and then so and it was like motion to update the the doorknobs and it was like nay and so uh, Willie is stuck in the boiler room and it gets super hot and it explodes and he's he's like a flaming skeleton that walks into the PTA and is like I'll haunt all your stupid children and then he just like turns to dust and then out of nowhere a dustpan and little broom comes up and sweeps it into the dustpan and then puts it in the garbage and that's what I was thinking of that's where it all comes back Oh, I love that. And yeah. Convenient. Well, he was a groundskeeper. Okay, so another thing that happened is the 
I think he said bullring game. It's hard. It's Mechanical hard. Mechanical Even- no, no, no. That all no, there. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> when I describe to you what this actually is, it will be hilarious how <laughs> not a mechanical bull this is. What it is is an old game okay. where in the ceiling you have a, like a circle. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a circle in the ceiling. No, there's like a round, like a hook. And from it hangs like a long piece of string with a bull ring at the end of it. All right. Now, on a wall nearby is a hook. And the game, the super fun game, is you take this bull ring and then you try to swing it so that it hooks onto the hook on the wall. I feel like I've heard of this. But it's it is... Like Sounds like the oldest, most rudimentary game. I've heard of it called the ring game, which is not nearly as fun sounding as was the bull ring. I think that's what he said. Which is the furthest you can get from a mechanical bull. (laughs) It's literally, it sounds like a game. It sounds like those things were just in a room and somebody Mm. was just like trying to get it on the hook. It does not sound like those things were purposely put there for the sake of enjoyment. It sounds like it's like, oh, you tie your horse to that and you use this to hold the that. Like it doesn't. I'm sure that's probably how it was created. It's anyway. Coincidental ball in a cup. Mm hmm. So. The barman was in one day and heard the sound of the ring hitting the hook. No one in the pub at all. He comes in and sees the ring swinging on its own in the middle of the room. I quit. So then we cut back to Michelle and she says, One of the lines of the suicide note says... I curse you by all things good and true, your offspring mute and their children too. So according to local legend, that apparently worked and all three of his children were born deaf and mute. Now, there's no reason to believe this. (laughs) No, but... Allow me to reiterate, there is no reason to believe that that is true, but it is fun to think about. The bragging rights? There is a long history of using rhymings to make spells more powerful. So it's not just like a quaint, cute thing that she rhymed. That's like totally a thing. One I'm day, so happy for her. Sad for the kids. <laughs> well, it was an unholy matrimony at all to begin with, so mm, let true. the innocent suffer. So, one time, do you know what snooker is? What is snooker? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no clue. Is this so a bar snook- thing? Snooker is a game. Oh, of course you don't know this because it's the most British thing on earth. Is <laughs> a Q sport which originated amongst British army officers stationed in India in the later half of the 19th century. Of course you wouldn't know what that is. No. It was played on a rectangular table covered with a green cloth with pockets at each of the four corners and in the middle of the long side, using a cue and 21 colored balls. Players must strike the white ball to pot the remaining ball. This just sounds like... Um, it looks like pool, but with 
mostly red balls. Like in the triangle, it's all red balls. And then there's a couple colored ones. Yeah, it's just pool. It's just pool. Why can't they say? I mean, it's a much wider table than a pool table, it looks like. It looks like Ooh. I could take a comfortable nap on this table. Yeah, it's a huge table. Anyway, so... Huh. The men were playing snooker. I don't know how they came up with that name. And uh, a woman in period clothing just, like, walked through their game. And all of them were just like... (gasps) And then one of the men (laughs) swore he would never come back to that place ever again. (laughs) So now let's head up to the attic. So to get to the attic... They have to go through the kitchen and then move aside like a huge, um, like, rack thing that they had been using for storage to get to the door. Because everyone hates going in the attic so much and they just never use it for anything. Fair, fair. Attics are hot and terrifying. So they just, um, blocked it up. But he, our good friend Rob, pushes it aside and opens it up opens it up for Michaela and uh, and so she heads up there they get in it's dark it's old fashioned looking it has exposed beams and like brick like it's super old and this used to be her quarters like her real quarters where she lived the Lizzie and Michaela asks if he's had any experiences in here and Rob says no because he tries to avoid it as much as possible fair And once, a man slept up there for charity, but he got himself super drunk and had a totally fine night. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to do it. Because he was super drunk. Um, He's passed out. But they looked out through the window and saw that it did indeed face the church on the opposite end, across the street. So... There are also reported sightings of children, previous, like, land, what's it called? Land, lords and ladies. How funny. Ah. Lords and ladies of the land. <laughs> My land lord. Like I'm a fucking serf. <laughs> I so, just want a farm here. So, now we had to, they have stables. So I got down like a horse hole <laughs> uh, because of this little bit, because he used a lot of terms that I was not oh, familiar no. <laughs> with. So I ended up on a lot of horse websites. Um, didn't once look up snooker, but I had to know. <laughs> so um, so they breed Shire horses behind the pub and they go back there and there's two gorgeous, gigantic, beautiful white horses. And Rob says... I was I was waiting for Lily, one of the horses, to oh. fall. So I was actually sleeping in here uh, for a few nights. So when you're waiting for a horse to fall, that means that you are waiting for them to go into labor with a child, a horse child, a foal. <laughs> um, and there are several signs that you can look for. When you're waiting, but it can happen pretty much at any moment. 
Um, and horses are pregnant for like 360 days, like 350 days, like for like over a year. Oof. Do, 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 does their water break? Do they have water? Does it break? No. There's a, a <laughs> there's a waxing period and there's a dropping period. A waiting period. period. <laughs> no, it's the waxing is when there's like a wax like substance. You got you um, research. <laughs> um, when a wax-like substance appears around the horse nipples, <laughs> then that like drops. Then that <laughs> means- <laughs> it just plops off like a, like a candle, like little dripple drops. It. <laughs> It's, I feel like you're giving me the talk right now, and I want to be anywhere else. <laughs> it's natural, Morgan. Stop, Rob. Um, it's embarrassing. Listen, Rob had to check for this. <laughs> Rob had to look at this horse's, like, Nipples. dilation. Oh! To bring oh. life into this world, Morgan. Big oof. So no. if you had a fucking reason to love Rob more, this is it. Like, he is familiar with life's rhythms. They don't really need like, our help, do they? He birthed a horse. They don't need our help. I don't know. Well, they do it in nature all the time. Obviously. Well, oh, right. Wild horses. Like, those are fucking common anymore. Uh, it's not my fault they're not common. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we disagree. Um, but oh my colonizer it basically means that um they're like getting ready to make milk and then there's a period i know and then there's a period (laughs) where (laughs) i'm lactose intolerant and i'm like no 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 so a horse is gestational period (laughs) um and then at one point, their stomach just, like, drops. And that's <gasps> when you know. the baby is like, I'm ready to be born. And then it's like, there were a lot of Google entries of, like, how long after the drop does the uh, horse come to foal? Like, it, there's all this crazy terminology. And literally, no one explains what it means. So I had to just, like, read three separate articles to try to put it together. <laughs> Because nobody is like, oh, this is a horse lingo dictionary. It's just like, well, once it starts waxing and after it drops, it's sure to fall soon enough. But after 360 days, it can be pre-mature. Like all this stuff. They were like, but you can damage your chances of having a long athletic career if they're premature, which can lead in deformities of the knee bones. My God, you're ready to come back to Texas. You've passed your test. No, I want to move to England and get land and stables. And play, what is it, Scuttle? What is it called? Play snooker. Snooker. Up for a game of snooker while I wait for my horse to foal. So, <laughs> so that insane tangent. What a tangent one word. But anyway, it explains why he was sleeping in the stables for multiple nights. Right. Okay. Yes. The waxing had happened. (laughs) The belly had dropped. I know too much now. (laughs) He says, I was awake on the ground and felt something standing on my chest and thought it was one of the horses, but opened my eyes and there was nothing around me. 
Okay, first of all, you probably wouldn't be able to breathe if it was one of the horses standing on you. Yes, but you wouldn't. Okay, but maybe it was just one foot and gentle. Anyway, a few weeks later, they had a seance in the stables and a little girl came up who said that she likes to follow him around and loves being around the horses. And they called her Bethany and they said she was about 10 years old. So there may be another multiple spirits that are in there and not just one very, very uh, bitter 20 year old. So. Cut back to Michelle for the, to round this all out. She says Lizzie Dean's final request hasn't been met. And that's why she thinks she's still there. Because she died of a suicide. She was buried in a far corner of the churchyard. And not like in a prominent spot. So she didn't get to like haunt those other people. Oh my god. She had a so, list of demands. Yeah, seriously. It's hard but to also negotiate. she should have known better. You can't be buried in like a in like a top spot if you kill yourself oh yeah the church especially doesn't. in the 1830s and you can't negotiate if you're dead well remember that not too easily not play the long game but this show shows that you can still play bullring mm. <laughs> and you can still be involved in the gestational period of a horse um thank god <laughs> <laughs> now i can okay. die content gestational period of a horse <laughs> i liked that it's in my 60s album one pill makes you taller gestational period of a horse um, okay you know how many songs in the 60s i have that mention green tambourines <laughs> i can think of at least one. Oh yeah <laughs> ugh love it the one that i think of a lot is i never know the words to it but it's called like something peppermint and it's like it's like a quintessential like in cartoons whenever somebody smokes oh. weed and like everything gets all colorful <laughs> that's like one of the songs that they always play i love that yeah so if you guys were curious about that i think that's also that's also from the simpsons so this is just like a heavy simpsons episode for some reason okay so now let's move to salmsbury hall so the thing about the way this is spelled s a m Okay. Are you with me? L E S B U R Y. Samlesbury. Samlesbury? So, it was built in the 14th century and it is renowned oh. as one of the most haunted country houses in Britain, oh. all thanks to a Lady Dorothy Southworth, the woman in white. She has been seen all around the house and even on the road nearby. So I wanted to describe this country house, and that also took me down a deep, dark hole of Tudor architecture. (laughs) Because it's not a Tudor home, because it was built in the 1300s, and the Tudor era begins in the 1400s with Henry V, I think, and, or the, I'm not even going to do this. But I'll believe anything you say, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
After the victory of the War of the Roses, the two de Rose wins out. Um, but before that, it was just like medieval architecture, which is apparently what this is. But the house is crazy looking and it looks like Tudor architecture because it's all black and white, like bright black and white. And it's almost like a checkerboard pattern all around it of like black squares with like little white like fleur-de-lis inside or like a okay. little white like thing. But it's like strange looking house, black oh. and white, really weird checkerboardy. Anyway, so we meet up with Jason Call. And he, I've seen him before a lot. He's a paranormal investigator and author, uh, paranormal like his- historian, sweet guy, really loves the, the, just like the storytelling of it all. And he says, um, he tells the story, the white lady story concerns the young fa- a young family member of the Southworth family, Dorothy, and a young member of the De Horton family who lived about a mile away. And they fell in love, but it wasn't meant to be, because one family was as staunchly Catholic as the other was Protestant. <gasps> so they would have secret liaisons, meeting in the foods that's not what i meant to say forest i'm sure i meant um you had other horse related things on your mind (laughs) but dorothy's brothers found out about this and set out a plot to murder the young de horton it was successful he was killed and buried just outside the window that they were staring out at at that very moment and this is all historically documented. Whoa. So this really happened, and there really is a body under there. Did they get in trouble? This was documented? Uh, I don't think Probably that, not. I don't think so. <laughs> I think it was technically like a medieval period, so... Murder wasn't... I don't know. I don't even know if there was any kind of police force. I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah, the police force became a thing basically as like crowd control in England in like the 18 like 80s or something like the 18 like late late is when. um, Oh, what's it called? Scotland Yard. Mm. You know, the the metropolitan police force comes into comes on the scene just in time for mr ripper um and before that i don't really know (laughs) and this was the 1300s so they were literally 500 years away from that yeah there's no law (laughs) yeah so burned a lot of witches though funnily enough so they followed enough rules so Contemporary sightings extend all the way to the busy road nearby. When she would be alive, she would be having these secret liaisons. So they think that, like, when she's on the road, she's, like, on the same path that she would have taken to go to one such liaison. Many motorists have contacted the police force the police force (laughs) thinking that they've hit a woman because a woman comes just like dashing across the street in white 
But they go and there's no one to be found. There's nobody there. And this has happened like a bunch of times. Whoa. Her ghost story is extremely old. Hundreds and hundreds of years old. But she's still seen extremely vividly and frequently. So they move into the main hall. So often what takes place in here are historical plays and performances. Because it's really got great acoustics. Um, And what's one such time was in the 1970s when a historical play was being rehearsed in the area oh what a time what a place to be just like an actor in england in the 1970s Mm. in a fucking lancaster manor home just like preparing for a play like oh what an existence i feel like it would have been so easy back then to be a fucking actor yeah (laughs) so easy like back then you could just like walk on to snl and they were like sure you're 18 sounds good like you've never (laughs) taken an improv class in your life like go for it and then be on seinfeld like we don't care but now it's like jesus you have to get like a princeton degree to be allowed to fart on stage (laughs) anyway um (laughs) Um, so this 1970s and I just imagine their costumes and their hair and their makeup and their overly plucked eyebrows and their their tight striped like um, uh, turtlenecks and their wide leg pants and their little boots while they were getting ready just like I'm thinking of original cast of Pippin oh so much cocaine (laughs) so Uh, They're rehearsing for this, and several members of the cast reported seeing a woman dressed in white in period clothing that they thought was just like a last-minute addition to the play. But they were all talking about it with each other, as actors do. I'm sure they were like, did you see that fucking bitch? (laughs) She had a way... Her costume fits way better than mine. And I literally told Jason that uh, he has to let it out in the hips, because otherwise I could, like, barely fucking, like, move... But hers is fucking perfect. And then the other person is like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, we we don't... What are you talking about? And then <laughs> enough people complained about someone who didn't exist that they had to come to the conclusion that it was an apparition. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> yes. Oh, the theater. So... One thing that's fun is that all the sightings of the white lady are the same. She's never, like, floating. She's never misty. She's never transparent. Mm -hmm. She always looks just like a woman wearing a white dress. Huh. And she looks real as you or me. Huh. So, we meet up with Sharon Jones, who's one of the managers, and she's like, Late one night, about 2.30, no one around but me and a friend, I was sat by the great old fire, waiting for the fire to go out, with a glass of wine, and uh, I felt a distinct slap on the back of the head. And the man with me said that he saw my hair move and asked what happened. And Michaela's like, what do you think it was? And Sharon's like, well, apparently that's where Lady Dorothy turns up from time to time, so I can only think it's her. So we cut back to Jason, which is fascinating that oh, she was she just like, it. how dare you? <laughs> um, so we meet up with Jason. He says that Lady Dorothy Southworth died of natural causes in France, but is seen around here constantly. 
The spirit of her butchered lover, however, has been sensed and felt, but never seen. A visitor once reported that as she was walking down the stairs, she felt that she should stop and move aside because something was quickly moving past her. And once an American, a funny little American. It's so funny to hear British people say, an American. (laughs) It's just like, gosh, that's me. An American was taking pictures of the fireplace. And when she got them developed on the photo, do you know what you see? You see an outline of a bloody coffin. <gasps> Not a bloody, bloody coffin. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's. However, the photo is nowhere to be found. <laughs> if I took that photo, I quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, in England, if you're a bartender, mm-hmm. you can't not work in an ancient place, basically. Oh, yeah. And even sure. if you work in a new, renovated place, it, the land. It, the land, it used to be an old, horrible place. Like, whatever place you're at. Like... Oh, yeah. When you're just in a place that old, like... That's it. Man. That must you're be nutty. You're just gonna have to wake up or hear someone playing bullring <laughs> while you're alone and <laughs> on your shift. Like, can you believe that? So... What's really amazing about this place is that so many of the accounts are from random people driving on the road who report the woman in white without having any prior knowledge of the story or Lady Dorothy at all. And thus concludes the tale of two ladies who died with broken hearts in Lancaster. They definitely um, express their heartbreak differently. Yes. <laughs> Although one of them wasn't just like doomed after their That's lover true. died. It was a different one of them situation. was just like, I oh, well, I guess I'll pop up to France then, shall I? <laughs> Leave all this ruddy nonsense to the the De Hortons to handle, shall I? When I'm off. And then <laughs> The other one was just like, right, well, my life is over, isn't it? Goodbye. Oh. I hope you all die in burning hell. And I'm going to watch you do it. God. I admire her passion. I wouldn't do the same. I don't condone her behavior. <laughs> but she's following her path. Hmm. I love it. Well, great. And I learned too much about horses. Right? Didn't you guys learn something? Isn't that exciting? Ugh. Listen, Google the War of the Roses and thank me later. Once you find out about the fucking fantastic 
and fascinating history of the Tudor Rose and how it is a combination, but I won't spoil it. Uh, it's only 600-year-old history, but you're gonna <laughs> love it. Um, Hashtag no spoilers. Too soon. <laughs> yeah, we, I haven't been watching Game of Thrones, but have you guys been keeping up with this fucking oh my God, Tudor I can't have a escapades? And people are like, ooh, like Henry VIII, and it's like, no, way before him. <laughs> to the point of history that no one knows about. <laughs> Way before the fun Protestantism and Anglican church separation, this was his great-grandfather. Well, actually, I don't know. I don't want to speak out of my ass, but it was another Henry. Anyway, yes, you were saying, you were saying, uh, you can't have a fucking conversation oh, without somebody talking about Co-workers, waiters. <laughs> waiters. Literally two days ago at dinner. So you guys watching Game of Thrones? No, no I'm not. Get away from me. You just lost a tip. Yeah, I I don't, and I won't. I feel like I would be the type of person... People think that I would watch it, but it's absolutely not my style at all. I watched half of one episode and was just like, well, this is needlessly violent. Too aggressive, isn't yeah. Isn't this horrible? And it's got no historical bearing at all. <laughs> Why am I watching this if I'm only learning about a fake civilization? <laughs> If yeah. I can't have real world knowledge, then why am I watching this? Um, yeah, so it never really stuck. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm just like not a fantasy person in that way. Although I did um, Tinder talk when I was in Ireland before I met my incredible boyfriend that I have now. Uh, I talked with a guy who like designs and does the swords for game of thrones cool and it was so funny because he was like he was like i'm a metal smith and a and a like a sword combat worker on like a very prominent television show shot in ireland and i was like hmm that's cool Anyway, my name's Katie, and I'm, like, really funny and cool, and, like, I'm here, and I'm from Texas, and isn't that so funny? Like, literally, he was trying to get me to be like, oh, my God, is it Game of Thrones? But I was literally like, anyway, so it's so funny because (laughs) I say y'all, and, like, you guys don't say that at all, and it's, like, so funny. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm used to, like, dollar bills, like, dollars are not coins, like, rarely, right? But you guys, like, have a two-euro coin, and that's so funny, but, like, we don't have that in Texas. Where I'm from, I don't know if I mentioned that. (laughs) I'm Katie. (laughs) It took so long for me to, like, take that bait. I... For me to be like, oh, cool. Love that. Um, I'm obsessed with that. Do you guys want to look at the sketches in my sketchbook? Because I actually draw, and I'm actually, like, really good at it. So, like, it, it was just, like, you couldn't get me to pay attention to you on Tinder for, like, a long time. Like, it was all good. about this guy. It was all about Good. Me. Good. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> and I found someone who caters to that enormously Aww. and beautifully. Anyway, um, so that's that. That was a scary story. Also, some horse knowledge. Um, and good horse sense. And isn't that a phrase? Have you heard that? No. 
Okay. <laughs> Apparently, I know nothing about horses. All right. Well, now you've got something. Um, if you have your own scary story. Please, 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 please. Or just some more facts about horses. Go ahead and email that to letters to camp at gmail.com. Um, you can like us on uh, Instagram and Facebook. You can give us a review. You can subscribe if you haven't already. Um, yeah, give us five stars. That would be really helpful. I would love that. That would make me really happy. So please do it. Um, and I believe that's it. Oh, I'm still offering tarot readings for $10 a pop. All you have to do is message me at K-A-T-Y underscore W-I-G-G-I-N-S katie wiggins or you can find us through scary stories from camp roanoke instagram you can also do that and i will set you up i've done it for quite a few listeners and it has been a really good experience for them and for me so it would be wonderful to do that so please do it and i think that's it yeah 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 great all right well all that's left is for you to have a spooky night filled with restless horses Oh, filled with... Wait, now that you've messed it up, I don't know what the ending is. Uh, Have a spooky night filled with restless dreams of haunted things. And may your horses come to foal quickly and succinctly. And may their waxing be fruitful. (laughs) If you saw Morgan's face. So you think they made candles from that? Horrified. Gross. Uh, Goodbye. Bye.